Did you know your child's brains are very different one from another? It's true. If you have more than one child, you know their brains operate differently. Today, we're going to learn a little bit about that from my friend Lois, who tells beautifully how her children just operated really different. Before we dig in, here's a review. This one's titled, Sent to a Friend, followed by five stars. Keitha L. writes, Within five minutes, I was sending the show to a friend. You're going to help many. Congratulations on your launch. Thank you, Keitha. It's so nice to have reviews. You're going to enjoy this episode. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children and wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated that your kids argue, whine, or debate with you? Are you afraid you're doing the wrong thing, but you're not sure what to do? Hey mamas, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. My name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush, mom, grandma, and speech language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get your kids to listen better, understand the clear communication and the boundaries that benefit kids, and all while enhancing your relationships. So if you are ready to build deep, meaningful connection, and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home. Listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. It's playtime. Let's go. I'm so glad you're here today for this episode of The Language of Play. Today, I have a treat for you again this is my friend Lois. Lois and I have been friends for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. I have watched her over the years as we raised our children together and then we got in a conversation and I said that would be a good podcast episode. <laughs> Will you do this with me? And so I am here in the beautiful state of California, uh, of Florida. <laughs> what am I saying? Of Florida and we're going to share the conversation that we had just recently. Welcome, Lois, to Thank the Language you. of Play. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So when we had our conversation, we talked about how you had to parent your oldest child and your youngest child differently. Yes. Tell me <laughs> why you had to do it differently. Oh, I I think the conversation started that I didn't know I had to parent them differently. Right. We don't when we first have children, do we? No, no. And it was that process of figuring that out that um, even though they're brothers and they're living in the same environment, in the same household, the same parents, um, that their brains worked completely differently. And you you saw personality. I saw personality differences right away. And you, you recognize that. But I don't think it clicked with me that their brains work differently to the point of to teach differently and school process was going to be different for them and to parent differently. Um, probably until about third grade. Sure. And that I, makes sense. It's probably the first time it really clicked with me. And, but I probably didn't really embrace it until maybe the youngest one was in 10th grade, where I think we finally started to get it right. Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's real. I think all of us go through parenting and we struggle and we wonder, what is it that our children are actually learning Mm -hmm. right now when I'm teaching them what I think I'm teaching them, but they're not necessarily learning what it is Mm -hmm. we intended to teach them. And along the way, they don't respond Mm -hmm. the same way. Mm -hmm. 
tell us some of the stories that you have from, say, when they were doing homework. Mm -hmm. um, the older one was um, always a little calmer and could focus probably a little better and could sit calmly, whereas the younger one was very active. Um, and he had to move. I mean, he, he really had to move. And so saying, okay, sit down at the dining room table and do whatever, you know, whatever elementary school homework that you have, um, one could do that pretty easily where the other one could do it, take a break, do it. And, you know, and I'm probably biting at him like, you know, sit back down and do your home. Sit back. <laughs> Did you get that done? And it was just constantly kind of on him rather than recognizing why can't he do that a piece at a time? Why can't he do two problems, run around the table, and then do two more problems? And then because that's the way his brain worked, I didn't figure that out. Um, I'll say this, in, it was his third grade teacher that was pretty helpful. I went to one of the conferences, um, and it was the same third grade teacher that had both kids, so the older one and the younger one. And I love this memory of her that she said, um, because one of them just needed to move, she just sat him in the back of the classroom and let him stand up. And she said, he will stand and just kind of sway back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, and, but she goes, he's listening. Whereas mm -hmm. if he's sitting up front and he can't do that, he just can't concentrate. But once she moved into the back and let him stand up and move. Isn't so, that interesting yeah. that when some of our kids stand up and rock back and forth in the back of the class, and that's when they can process the information. Yes. But to sit in the front of the class where we automatically yeah. think is the best place for them mm -hmm. to concentrate, it doesn't work for all of our children. Right. Yeah. Right. I also, um, so the older one probably thinks and processes information more like I do. So I probably just related to that and thought and nurtured him that way. Whereas the younger one probably thinks and processes more like, Dave does and so I would have to I, I learned probably fifth or sixth grade that there was a method to his madness that I didn't see sometimes like you know where in my head I'm going like what on earth are you doing like you're as he's approaching a project for school or something um, probably there was a fifth grade project that they did in Minnesota every year and just the approach to it was just so bizarre to me. Like, this kid's not making any progress. But I had learned at that point to say, tell me what you're doing here. And he had a method to it. It was not how I would go about it at all. And so typically me would be like, no, start like this, then do this, then put this together. But I had to learn to let go of that and say to him, you know, explain to me what you're thinking here. And he could tell me, and then I could relax and go, oh, he's got it. So the language that you had to use was more of a language of curiosity. It was exploring what that yeah. youngest child was thinking. What are you doing? Yeah. What do you want? What are you experimenting? Mm -hmm. It was that natural, gentle, exploratory language, what I call the language of play, okay. where we are being curious mm -hmm. about what it is that the child is doing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Tell me what tell me what you're doing. Tell me what, what you're thinking here. And then what you were wanting to do wasn't anything that was making sense for him, but rather he mm -hmm. had his own method of going at something, and then you had to explore to figure out what in the world are you doing because 
really it didn't make sense to you until he said so. Right, right. Or or I had enough confidence um, to step back and let him let him be versus standing over hovering over him. You know, now it's time to do this step or whatever it is in my mind, just to say, just step back and let this kid work and tell him, like, if you need me, if you need any ideas, I'm right here. Not that he didn't ever need guidance and direction and just, just, he processed things differently. And yeah, so I had to learn to ask. It's interesting as we as parents and, and you have watched me do this too, where I had to have the self-confidence myself to step back mm -hmm. from my children and let them be who they are in order for them to flourish, which when they are different from who we are, yeah. it feels like we're like not parenting good enough or we're doing something wrong, but yet. He's going to fail if I don't show him how to do this. Right, right. <laughs> Which is not the truth. <laughs> right. But I need to be there showing him how to do this properly. And he's like, he had his own proper way to do it. Because he, in the end, got to a beautiful solution and had great grades. And it um, worked. And it worked. But it wasn't the way you thought. No. Right. Yeah. Especially with, because I'm very analytical mm -hmm. and I'm very um, um, more engineering minded and uh, flow charts mean something to me. And I saw a diagram once, like a flow chart that Dave would understand would be like just totally different. It would, and I'm looking at it like, this makes no sense. It goes, finally, a flow chart that makes sense, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> it really highlights how our brains are actually yeah. different. Yeah. And it's okay. I, I don't know why I didn't have permission or didn't understand or believe that that was A, obvious, mm -hmm. um, and be okay. Mm -hmm. Like, why was that a lesson I had to learn? I guess. <laughs> right. But I think we all need to learn that because mm -hmm. we, we obviously tend to think of, well, I'm doing it this way because I like it this way. So it must be the right way. But well, that and it worked with one of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But that's just one way. It's not right. the only way. Right. And, and right. yes, we do have to learn that. Yeah, and it'd be interesting had they been switched, had the older one thought differently than me, or um, and the younger one been what like I would have learned the lessons different. You know, it, it, I don't know. I just would have learned differently. I think. Yeah, we all just do the best we can yeah. as parents, don't we? I'm, I try. <laughs> <laughs> and we learn along our own timelines. Yeah. And we do the best we can with our kids, with mm -hmm. where they're at at the time. Lois, this is such a good conversation, and it's important for all of the parents to remember how our kids are different, and I love how you've highlighted that. If you were to say to a, the parents, well, just one thing, you've said a lot of wonderful things, but if you were to distill it down to one thing that you would love for parents to know, to remember, something that you wish they had maybe said to you, what is it that you would want to leave people with? Mm -hmm. What thought? I think I would ask sooner, if I ever asked, but I would try to ask each child, you know, what works for you. Um, some people are tactile learners and some people are auditory learners and, you know, and they're just developing at that young age. So it's a discovery process. There's, um, you know, what works for you? Does it help you to stand up and move around? Does it help you? Do you need to sit? Do you need things to be quiet? Um, do you need me to speak it? Do you need to read it? 
um, and at ages it's going to be different, but I think it even asked the question. Like you said the other day, it was like asking someone, what makes you feel loved? You know, mm -hmm. just ask and then listen and then experiment. Mm -hmm. If I'd done that sooner, um, I think we were all happy anyway, but it just would have been, and it was smooth. I don't want to say that it wasn't. It just would have been that much better. Yeah. I love that. I think that all of us, even as adults, if we ask one another the questions, mm -hmm. it not only helps us to identify for the other person, but it helps us to articulate for ourselves what it is that we want. And we're not always aware. And when we put mm -hmm. some thought into it, we become aware. And certainly that's true for our children. Just even the pause to ask them what works for you gives them the opportunity for them to think about what works for me, mm -hmm. which is part of that self-awareness of growing up, and it's really good. Yeah. I think it's just a much more nurturing style of parenting as well. Because yeah. you're coming from a position of true love and care that's being expressed to them. It's just much more nurturing. I love that. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I love being able to interview you on the language apply. This is just a delight for me because you are one of my treasured friends. Well, back at you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.